We trying to run them numbers up, y'all. You want to help grow the brand? Subscribe to the YouTube right now. Be the first to check out new episodes of Taste and Notes from the Streets, our fire visual and event series where we pair our favorite foods from the hood with different wines from around the world. I mean... If you only listen to the podcast, you're only getting half the fun. So subscribe to the podcast and subscribe to our YouTube. One. This is a moment in wine and hip hop brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Wine and hip hop. Wine and music. Yeah, what's good, Josh? Your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. So I'm just out here collecting Infinity Stones. Now, we don't really do season finales here at Wine and Hip Hop. You know, we just kind of on this evolving journey together, man. It really just gets crazier and crazier. There is no stop to it, but, you know, it's the last episode in Burgundy, our last episode of the year. And this one is kind of crazy, so, you know, the shoe fits, right? A year like this, we gotta end it right. You know, 18 events, man, in 12 months, and much more than that if you count digital. We finally hit 1,000 subscribers on our YouTube. We dropping three times a week. That's about to be even more. And when we looked at it, the brand has grown over 400%. You know, overall, this content is crazy, and it would not be possible without you guys' support. So. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody that has been hearing the calls to action and subscribing. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do so. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube, make sure you do so because it's just going to get crazy. I promise you that. But like I said, man, we got some heat for y'all today. I really feel like we might have uh, broke new ground on something, man. I feel like the people at Versus need to pay attention to what's going on right now. Yo, Swiss, I know you're a wine drinker, so holla at us. On this episode, we basically had a wine producer versus, you know what I'm saying? We had Jeremy Sace of Domaine du Jacques and Dominic Lafon of Comte Lafon chopping it up about their wines over grilled cheese on the next episode of Taste the Notes from the Street. So make sure you tap in, pay attention. It was a dope conversation, man. Very legendary conversation between two of the best winemakers in the world. You know, like I mentioned on last week's episode, Dominic is now retired. I learned that during the conversation that you're going to hear on today's podcast. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode with Leia Pierre Lafon, you missed the story of how this came together. You should double back and check that one out anyway. But the short version is Dominique pulled up during the tasting scene of the Tasting Notes from the Streets episode filmed in Burgundy. Merceau is my favorite place to drink wine. Dominic is a world-class Merceau producer. So it was a great opportunity just to chop it up with him, man. You know, that Tasting Notes episode would only use like a couple minute clip from that scene. And there was so much knowledge shared in there, man. Like when you listen to this episode, you're really gonna understand why Dominic is a legend from the way that he describes his wine to his philosophy on winemaking. Just to all around being a real cool dude, man. I gotta say, I like him a lot. And in this episode, you're really getting to hear us getting to know each other. I'm very glad to be bringing you guys this episode because it highlights exactly what I'm talking about. How approachable Burgundy is, not just because the winemakers is cool as hell, but we also had some wines from Burgundy from a less celebrated area and is much more approachable in price than a lot of the other Burgundian wines that you're familiar with. 
So once again, huge, huge thank you to my man, Jeremy Sace, man. None of this content that you guys are hearing from Burgundy would have been possible without him. It was so dope, man. I just pulled up to kick it with him, do a visit, grab an interview, and we walked away with so much, having learned so much. And, you know, this is what it's all about, man. Have good friends, surround yourself with good people. Good things will happen and you will grow. But also make sure you're an asset to the other good people in your life, man. Anyway, here you got two of the best Burgundian winemakers, Jeremy Sace and Dominic Lafon in our version of a wine producers versus battle. No relation whatsoever to versus on TV. So don't get me in trouble, but Swiss, if you are listening, I know you're a wine drinker and I know you appreciate this shit. So let's put it together, my boy. Without further ado, my peoples, Jeremy Sace and Dominic Lafarge. You know a little bit about that area. <laughs> I was born in Montserrat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been working for a long time. Uh, on, uh, on that estate for over 35 years, actually. Now, I started uh, working with my father back in uh, 1982, and I just um, retired uh, this year, so it's my daughter and my nephew who are taking over now. Wow. Uh, I'm still a little bit involved in uh, quality control, vineyard uh, managing, things like this. So this is uh, the Merceau, it's the historical domain uh, that has been started by my great-grandfather, and this one uh, in Macon, I, I created it and started it in 1999. So knowing that in the south of, uh, the, of, of Burgundy, it's the same type of, of uh, soil with limestone and, and clay. Uh, it's the same grape, it's Chardonnay also. Uh, the vineyards are very affordable and available, which is actually not the case uh, in Merceau. It's very expensive and very hard to find. So it was also, uh, for me, a good way to uh, develop our estate and also to have um, an offer of um, more affordable wines, mm. which are actually they are made with the same thinking than uh, in Merceau. So the vineyards are organic, they are biodynamic. Uh, it's all um, hand uh, harvested, uh, which is, for example, not the case everywhere in Macon. Just the, the what we call the élevage, so the, the, the wine making. Uh, I use larger volume to preserve the, the fruit, and I do um, earlier bottling than in Merceau. So Merceau is, is fermented and aged in small barrels. This is in a, what uh, we call pungents, 500 liters barrel, or ovals, which are 50 hectoliters, so 5,000 liters casks. I love that um, where you're like you're really carefully thinking about making burgundy affordable, you know, which is which is really interesting. Putting that level of quality of winemaking, but also thinking about the consumer because ultimately that's how people really get to fall in love with the region. You know, there has to be an entry point somewhere. So for you to be making like such high quality wine uh, and focusing on attracting newer customers, that's that is really cool. Yeah. You know, I don't think you, you sh people should drink Merceau every day because it's it's quite a sophisticated wine and you don't always have the right meal with, to, to match with it. Mm -hmm. And those, those Macron, it's like, you know, you're thirsty, uh, a friend comes by at your house, you open a bottle, you drink it, and you don't consider, is it uh, the right age, is it the right food, is it uh, what happens? It's, it's a nice, it's a great drink. Now, with you selecting these wines, what was it about them that appealed to you and pairing them with grilled cheese? 
That's a great question. <laughs> you know, I, I consulted Jeremy. <laughs> uh, well, I was more thinking about, uh, like, I wanted to show that Marceau because it's a lovely vintage and it's showing really well. I didn't feel like bringing two old uh, white wines with real cheese. I thought we needed the energy because it's, uh, cheese is quite strong in taste. Yeah. And, and this was more like to be uh, fruit given. It's 2020, it's very young. It's a, it's a vintage which is very balanced with a great acidity. So I wanted to see how it would go with uh, the cheese, with uh, the energy it brings to the wine. Then, you know, uh, it's a first for me. So we'll see, huh? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see how it works. I love it. So we, we have some, some more great wines here. It's interesting that we didn't just think about white wines for this pairing. We also have a few red wines here. Jeremy, can you tell me a little bit about what you brought? Yeah, I, you know, I make much more red wine, and we're better known for red wine than for white wine. And we're in the Côte de Nuit, based in the Côte de Nuit, so we're really a red wine area. I usually pair white wine with cheese more often than not. But I've got Germain Stone coming to Burgundy for the first time. <laughs> I want to put my best foot forward, so I was, I thought I'd bring some some reds, and I thought I'd bring something young and something older, just so we experience two ages. I'm not sure that this is going to be a completely natural pairing, but does, does it really matter? <laughs> um, when you're it's a with pairing friends. of a moment. No, a pairing of a moment. Exactly. No, and I, I think, I mean, it will be good because, because, it, uh, because this looks delicious and how could it not be? But, um, but I, thought, you know, I thought it would be fun to just explore younger, older, um, from Dominique, from, from the south and from, from his historical base. And, um, and that will make it as, about burgundy as well as about the grilled cheese. Now, would the French pair wines with their grilled cheese? Yes. It's a thing, it's uh, like, all right, let's hook up some. I think it's a winemaker thing to prefer white with cheese. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people prefer red with cheese. And they would, I think if you went to eat a croque monsieur in a bistro or something like that, you'd probably end up with a glass of Beaujolais or Croze Hermitage, I don't know what you think, but I guess that that would be I would, kind of... I would go for light style of red wine mm. and not a yeah. heavy, rich style. Mm. I don't know why, it's a feeling. Or white wine, as uh, Jeremy said. Wow, okay, so we got the first wine open. And you were 100% right about the fresh wine. Like, you can smell the fresh. <laughs> it's, just, it's just really, really good. There's um, a nice sweetness, roundness in the palate, but also the finish has a great tension. And I think with the um, cheese, it could uh, really uh, play very well. Yeah. And it has a real deliciousness to it. You, know, like a, you feel like that's the, warm. The, that's the Macron effect. I think the, the, <laughs> no, the Macron, they're always very appealing, a bit more generous than uh, wines from the Côte de Beaune, uh, which usually are leaner. And this is why they need more time, more aging to be uh, showing very well. Macron, they're generous from start. Okay. Yeah, no, this is, this is really nice. Ready for Merceau? So the Merceau is uh, slightly older, it's a uh, 17 vintage versus 1920 vintage. But I think, you know, it's, it will be quite generous because of the vintage, but you'll see it's slightly more backward with more tension. I hope you've been enjoying our Wine and Hip Hop Takes France series. A bunch of episodes that brought us from Burgundy to Bordeaux and not quite to Provence, but a producer of wine from Provence. This run is legendary. Thinking about where I've come from to where I am now, I had to commemorate that 
with some fire merch. So go to wineandhiphop.com, hit the merch tab, and check out our French collection, where you can get our Projects to Provence hoodie, or Bronx to Bordeaux tea, or maybe the Brooklyn to Burgundy tea. I mean, it's your choice, man. It's a lot of fly stuff. We got the new Wine and Hip Hop trucker hats. You want to support the brand. You want to be fresh. You want to commemorate this journey. Hit the merch tab and holla at your boy. Now, as winemakers, you guys have heard so many winemakers say, you know, tougher vintages are appreciated a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you think about things we go through with friends, you don't go through an easy thing and they now become your friend. When you go through some rough shit with someone, that's when they become a friend, you know? So, in this instance, as winemakers, like, you guys, tell me what, how you feel about, like, dealing with tough vintages. Like, why, why is it that those difficult vintages you appreciate a little bit more? Because when you work for something, you feel you've earned it a little bit more. <laughs> I think is what it comes down to. No, you, it's, there's a pressure from things being easy. Then you have to perform super high. When you have a few hurdles, that sort of thing, and, and you know, God knows the you know, weather is, 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 is everything in wine and grape growing. And, and so when you, um, when you have a vintage that challenges you, and that you still, through your experience, your, your intuition, sometimes sheer luck as well, succeed in overcoming some of those hurdles and you get to the, to the end product, you made, you've made a good wine, you feel like, okay, this is the sum of my experiences and, and skill and, and hard work has brought me here and luck. Um, <laughs> but, and that feels, that feels more special than in a way when it's just rolled easy, through easy. Great, well, I mean, let's try the second. Um, yes, okay. Uh, got work. Lovely wine, huh? So I, I brought some Cru de Roche because that's probably the wine we're the most famous for. It's a Grand Cru in Moray, which is where the Domaine is. Um, it is a wine that's um, that's got some generosity and some warmth to it because there's always a little bit of spice to Cru de Roche, some kind of nutmeg cinnamon uh, thing going on. And then um, and there's also a little bit of tannin to it. It's, it's not, uh, Cru Saint-Denis is more delicate. Cru de Roche always has a little bit of rusticity. But it's, but it's a fleshy wine. There's some wines in Burgundy that are very lean, and, and Cotage, there's a certain generosity to it. So it's, there's wines you have to wait forever. Cotage can be pretty friendly in youth. Um, in a vintage like 14, which falls into, um, you know, I don't want people to think that I don't appreciate the easy vintages. I certainly like those too. And every now and then I feel like we deserve one. Um, <laughs> but 14 was one which had just the right level of challenge. There was a lot of, of potential to 14. The wines, I think, turned out pretty delicious. But there were a few choices to make along the way to just really feel like you could get the most out of the vintage. And, um, and so, yeah, I think sometimes more fruit with we were talking about the natural, I feel like if you order a Croque Monsieur in a French bistro or something like that, people would push you towards a light fruity wine. This is not light, but it's got more fruit, and so I thought it'd bring yeah. something younger. It's crazy, we've had wine now from a few different areas, and you guys are known working in specific areas. Do you ever get jealous of one another and wish, like, taste of vintage, like, damn, I wish I would have been able to work on that, or have you ever felt that way? I think. Many winemakers, and myself included for sure, we have a few fantasy vineyards. We say, I'd love to get to make wine from that vineyard one day. <laughs> and it's not necessarily jealousy, but you're just like, I hope one day my career gives me a chance. And Dominique makes wine from Moache, which is possibly the greatest white wine site in the world. 
And, and I've been fortunate to make wine from Chambertin, from Romain Saint-Vivant, and I didn't think I would get to in my life. Mm. And that feels immensely privileged because it's just, a, those two vineyards are amazing places to grow Pinot Noir. And, um, but I still have a few others that I'd like to hit <laughs> one day. But anyway, we'll see. Yeah. It's, it's, it's well, to I would say almost the same. Uh, we, we, have, we have very good friends. So yeah. we know each other very well and we share a lot of uh, experience and all those things. Um, but, uh, you know, on my side, I'm in the Côte de Beaune and I make bread in the Côte de Beaune, which are wonderful wines uh, in Volnay. But uh, I wish I could make uh, great red wines in the Côte de Nuit one day. <laughs> like the East Coast and is an amazing wine. And uh, I, if you could give me a chunk of his vineyard, I'd be so happy. <laughs> but I'm, I'm much more generous uh, on his uh, skiing ability. Ah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, y'all should do it like a guest winemaker vintage. <laughs> Honestly, now that Dominique is retired, I feel like it would be doing maybe his, uh, his nephew and, and daughter a favor to take him into the winery for a harvest, you know, feed him a few meals and that oh, sort of thing. You. Well, he gives thank them you. a little bit of extra yep. space. And, um, well, no, I'd love to have him. If, if, if I can there. get, uh, in the end, like uh, five to ten barrels of Kosani, I'd be so happy. Okay, maybe one. <laughs> well, I gotta say, this was life-changing. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe this, man. Have you guys ever thought about pairing wines with uh, with these teas before? Oh, it's a first time. Yeah, huh? First time. Well, first. I hope that, you know, all your other guests you uh, welcome, hook them up with some real cheese. <laughs> now you know. We will, we oh, will. It, it does work. I huh? say that during COVID lockdown, the first lockdown, I did grilled cheese and crew because YOLO and we were all going to die and it was time to try it <laughs> and that was pretty good actually. I love it I love it man well there you have it guys another episode live from Burgundy make sure you follow us on YouTube like subscribe all that good stuff hit us up in the comments let us know what you're thinking let us know what you're drinking and let us know what you are pairing this was a moment in wine and hip-hop Brought to you by Crew Love.